There are runners that race a marathon every month. Actually, there are a few that run a marathon every week and some that run one every day. While that is amazing and inspirational, this episode is not for them. This is for the marathoners that want to get really, really good at the marathon. The ones who prioritize quality over quantity. And I'm not talking about elite racing. I'm talking about runners who love the marathon the most and want to discover how to get your very best performance, no matter what your age or natural talent. And to truly train to run your personal best marathon year after year, you shouldn't be running one month after month. Welcome to The Planted Runner. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and my mission is to help you improve your running, your mindset, and your life with science-backed training and plant-based nutrition. In this episode, you'll learn why always training for the marathon eventually backfires, how many marathons per year is optimal, and what to train for when you are not training for a marathon. This episode will give you lots of training ideas to plan your own in-between training cycle when you're not specifically training for 26.2 miles. If you need more help, you can order my book, The Planted Runner, Running Your Best with Plant-Based Nutrition, wherever you get your books or request a copy from your local library. And if you'd like help directly from me, you can check out my freebies, personal coaching, or sign up for my PR team at theplantedrunner.com slash link. That's theplantedrunner.com slash L-I-N-K. Don't forget to stay tuned all the way to the end of the episode for another Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. If you've raced a marathon this season, congratulations. I hope recovery is going well and you are proud of your accomplishment, no matter how the race went. Now it's time to figure out what comes next. The first step is to think about your goals, your strengths, your weaknesses, and your lifestyle. If you just ran a big spring marathon, you might already have your eye on your next marathon in the fall. Racing marathons only twice a year is ideal because it allows you to fully train for three to four months, race and recover. And if you're doing the math, you'll have quite a few months left over. So why not just squeeze in one more training cycle? Racing three marathons a year gives you three months of training and one month of recovery for each one, which sounds about perfect, right? Well, you could, but there are a few issues with that. The first one is the weather. Marathons are typically held in spring and in fall because cool weather, not too hot, not too cold, is ideal for marathon running. But you could get around that by running Phoenix in February, Grandma's in June, and New York City in November. So technically, you could sort of solve the weather issue by finding a cool summer race like Grandma's in Minnesota. But the real reason not to cram in as many marathons as possible is because marathon training alone can only take you so far as a runner. Working on becoming a stronger and faster athlete 
by not just training for the marathon can make you a better marathoner. It's counterintuitive, but it is true. Not only will training differently in between marathon cycles make you better at the marathon, it might just make you a better person as well. Let's explore this a little deeper and start with speed. Speed is something pretty much all runners would like to have more of. We want to be able to run a given distance faster than before, and we want to have those faster paces feel easier. Of course, you should be working on your speed within a marathon buildup, but with all the miles and the long runs, there's typically not enough freshness in your legs to really perform your best in your highest gear. If you're one of those runners that just loves the zen of the long, long runs and feels that your weakness is speed, now is the perfect time to flip that approach around. A great way to do this is to start training for the 5K. Summer is 5K season, which is ideal for spring marathon runners. After your fall race, most towns in the States have a turkey trot at Thanksgiving, and even the coldest states seem to have at least a few races over winter, so there should be something to put on your calendar as a goal. If not, you can still train like a 5K runner without an in-person race to put on the books. The reason the 5K is amazing is because while it should be much faster than your marathon pace, it's still highly aerobic, which is also exactly what you need for the marathon. So how do you train for the 5K? I will break that down specifically in a future episode, or you can learn exactly how right now in my book, The Planted Runner. But the quick and dirty explanation is that you break up the 3.1 mile race into small chunks and practice race pace each week for six to eight weeks. But what is race pace? If you've never raced the 5K, or if you haven't in a while, you can use your recent marathon result to get an estimate of your approximate 5K pace using an online race equivalency calculator. My favorite is at Luke Humphrey Running, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Sharpening up your 5K pace with specific training and racing will definitely help you enter your marathon block with a higher level of speed than where you started. And another benefit, it will make marathon pace feel a whole lot easier. Besides working on your speed, there are several other ways to boost your fitness level in the off season while still maintaining a healthy balance with the rest of your life. I'll go over those in just a minute. There is no hood like parenthood. When you meet a fellow parent, you just kind of get each other on a whole nother level. Hi, I'm Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm a former CNN journalist, mom of three, including twins, and host of That's Total Mom Sense, the podcast. I interview change makers on their life lessons, legacy, and superpower of intuition, aka their mom sense and dad sense. I've had some pretty amazing parents on my show. Hey, what's up? I'm Kelly Rowland. Hi, this is Chelsea Clinton. It's me, Bobby Brown. Can't wait to share my story. Episodes release every Thursday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Join my tribe at thatstotalmomsense.com and follow me on Instagram at Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm thrilled to be on this journey with you. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. 
The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. But first, I wanted to let you know that I have been chosen as the official coach for the Oktoberfest Half Marathon, September 30th, 2023, here in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina. Come run along the French Broad River as the trees change color and enjoy a tasty craft brew after the race. I've created an exclusive 12-week half marathon training plan specifically for the Oktoberfest half marathon, which you can add to your cart with your registration. It includes everything you need to run your best race, including mileage strength training and, of course, my best mental strength lessons. They've also created a private Facebook group for the event where you can get support and join a community of runners ready to don their lederhosen this fall. This race is expected to sell out and training starts July 9th. So sign up today at OktoberfestHalfMarathon.com. That's Oktoberfest with a K, HalfMarathon.com. Before I get back to the conversation, I want to talk about a massive problem that I see with runners everywhere and especially plant-based runners. You know that I'm the first to tell you that you can absolutely get everything you need from a plant-based diet as an endurance runner, but most runners are struggling. With our busy lives and time-consuming training schedules, making sure that you get enough to fuel your training and making sure that it's actually optimal for your health and performance is a real challenge. So that's why I tell all my athletes to make nutrition simpler and get Neurofi Plus by Prevenex. In less than a minute, you can mix their superior quality protein shake up with just water in a shaker bottle. And it actually tastes delicious. That is not the case with other plant-based powders I've tried. You can enjoy Neurofi right after a workout knowing you are getting everything you need for muscle repair none of the junk that you're going to get in one of the lower quality powders. Another cool way to use it is to mix up a couple of scoops with water or warm plant-based milk right before bed. Studies have shown that taking 20 to 30 grams of protein right before bed is the optimal time for protein synthesis and muscle repair that we all need. Look, this is the only product that I'm working with, and that's for a very good reason. I believe in Prevenex quality, their mission, and I use Neurofi Plus myself. And I'm not the only one. Lindsay Hine of All Have Another, Jason Fitzgerald of Strength Running, Whitney Hines of The Mother Runners, Elite Athlete, Emily Enfeld, and so many others in the running world are passionate about Prevenex too. If you're ready to simplify your nutrition and optimize your fueling, you can try Neurofi for 15% off the regular price with my code PR15. That's PR15 at Prevenex.com.
The next place to focus during the break between marathon cycles is strength. When you're in the thick of marathon training, you really don't want to be lifting weights more than two or three times a week. Sure, some people break up their strength work into shorter, more frequent sessions, and that's typically what I recommend to my athletes. But overall, there's not a whole lot of room in a marathon buildup to really get strong without it affecting your runs. So what does a strength phase look like? This could be four to eight weeks of a gradually escalating strength program. If you lifted two or three times a week during marathon training, you could add a day or two. You might even want to flip your running and lifting completely. So if you ran four or five days for the marathon and lifted two or three days, what would it look like to reverse that for a few weeks? You'll also want to focus on lifting heavier. Lifting heavy builds muscle in a shorter session than lifting lighter weights, so you don't have to spend hours in the gym. You should be running less at this point, so you are simply exchanging some of your run time for strength time. Another strength building idea, if you don't want to add more days in the gym, is to build strength into your runs. A great way to do that is hill training. Hill repeats are awesome for building strong legs, and they can be done a couple times a month in your strength phase as your workout day. This is also a nice time to add in some plyometrics. Plyos or jumping workouts can be too intense during most marathon cycles, but they are perfect now. Plyos build leg strength, power, and help improve your balance, all key components of strong marathoners. Okay, so we have talked about speed and strength. The third area to focus is on endurance. Now, this one might seem a little strange since marathon training itself is mainly focused on endurance. But for those of you who are new to the marathon or really struggled during the second half of the race, your endurance could probably use some work. It's also something to work on if you seem to be much better at the shorter distances, but can't quite translate that to the longer races. Endurance is built over time with lots of aerobic running, and it's not only made with long, long runs. It can get better every day of the week. So take a look at how much you're running during the week. Could you add a mile to your easy runs? Could you add another day of easy running? Or could you add a day of easy aerobic cross training like biking, swimming, or walking? All of these options are great for boosting your aerobic engine, but don't do them all at once. Add one variable at a time for a few weeks, reassess how you're doing, and then determine if you can handle more or not. So how do you decide whether to work on speed, strength, or endurance? As runners, we want to improve all three. Hopefully, right after your marathon, you took the time to debrief from your race and you wrote down what went right and what went wrong. Take some time to take another look at what you wrote. Identify what you did really well and where things can be improved. The off-season is the ideal time to work on both. Let's say you had a good race, but you made the common mistake of going out too fast in the early miles. The end of a marathon will always be tough, but it will be exceptionally harder if you burned up too much speed in the first 5 to 10K. 
So how can you improve on this for next time, especially if you're trying to run faster overall? The first question to ask yourself is, why did you go out too fast in the first place? Were you unaware of your pace? Were you trying to go out by effort and thought you were going slower than you really were? Or were you just sort of winging it? <laughs> the good news is that no matter what the explanation is for a too fast start, learning not to do this is a skill that can be learned. One of my favorite workouts to practice this is the cut down or the progressive tempo. After an easy mile or two as a warm up, begin to run progressively faster by about 10 seconds per mile. Where you start and where you end up will depend on your fitness and mileage, but the key is to start off easy and end up fast. For example, you might start off 20 seconds slower than your marathon pace and then speed up to your half marathon or even 10K pace after a few miles. The exact pacing is not the goal. The goal is to start slow and end fast. And the best way to do that is to take it really easy at the beginning, just like you need to in a marathon. Your cut down might be three miles or it might be 10 miles and it should feel good at the beginning and pretty darn hard at the end. It teaches you not only how to run hard when you're tired, but it forces you to really be in touch with a big range of paces. After all, speed is only useful if you can control it. And finally, the downtime between marathon cycles can be used to focus holistically on who you are as a well-rounded person and athlete. After all, marathon training requires you to be highly dedicated and focused, sometimes at the expense of other things in your life. When I asked my followers on Instagram what they like to do during this time, most of them responded with, a combination of everything I just covered. With fewer miles to run, we can focus on both speed and strength. We can reconnect with our running buddies for some fun miles instead of worrying about what's on our schedule for the day. We can finally focus on mobility work or yoga. We can sign up for fun races with the kids. By the time the new marathon cycle starts, we will be stronger, faster, more mobile, and maybe even a little happier than we were before. And now it's time for the Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. Today's topic is Be the Observer. Whenever we are doing something hard, whether it's in a workout or a race, there's often a mental argument between the angel and the devil. The devil says, this is too hard. You're not good enough. You should quit. The angel says, you can do this. This is awesome. Be grateful that you can run it all. You might think that I will tell you to listen to the angel and ignore the devil, but that's not always realistic or even a good idea because sometimes the angel is a little unconvincing. Instead, be the observer of these two voices. When you notice the argument start, label the negative and the positive and be the neutral observer. This subtle shift in perspective helps you separate yourself from the temporary feelings and simply watch them as if they were two separate people and not your true self. Let them 
argue amongst themselves while you get back to running your best. Thank you for listening to The Planted Runner or watching it on YouTube. Don't forget that you can win a copy of my book for leaving an Apple podcast review. So be sure to write yours right after your run today. Reviews are the number one way to boost this show's reach. And it's a great way to tell me what you'd like to hear next, because I read every single one. Have a great run today. Women's Running Stories, where we explore the intersection between running and life. Because every woman who is committed to a running journey has a story to tell, and this is where you'll find those stories. I am host and producer Cherie Louise Turner. I'm a 53-year-old runner, and together with original music by musician and runner Cormac O'Regan, we bring these inspirational stories to life. Please join us to fuel your adventures.